From Washington, D.C., this is On the Ground, Voices of Resistance from the nation's capital. I'm Esther Averam. While capping off this summer's National Uprising Against Racism, Indigenous Peoples Day in D.C. brought together Native American, African American, and other peoples from around the globe. It is the arrogant white supremacist psychopathology that, that did not recognize the existence and value of non-white life. Uh, that drove and informed the notions of first the doctrine of discovery and then the racist concept of manifest destiny. The program emceed by Pete Landeros of the American Indian Movement included activists with a common bond in the fight against racism and capitalist exploitation of human beings and the planet. We spend the hour hearing their voices. And so I ask you today to repeat this word. It is called Tokahila. Tokahila is to wake up. There is a disease that spreads across this country that we call Turtle Island. beautiful music now everybody's kind of maybe questioning why would we have something like this on uh, indigenous people's day these are indigenous people from a different continent number one number two the african-american community and the native american community have been fighting the same fights since they were brought to this country because what you have to understand is that we both were slaves at one point in time and this is the reason why we invited these people here, because they've been involved with us since they came here, okay? And it's actually been proven that the Africans were here way before Columbus even, even thought about coming here, okay? So this is the reason why we are incorporating this and in what we're doing here, okay? We as communities should be supporting each other, not fighting each other. Understand that and respect that. Now, we're waiting on Penny Williams from American Indian Support. All right, here we go. Thank you. Quay Quay. My name is Penny Gamble Williams. Uh, my people are the Chappaquiddick tribe of the Wampanoag Nation in Massachusetts. I give thanks to Manitou, the Great Spirit, and the creator of all things for this beautiful day to celebrate indigenous people. The land where everyone is gathered is Piscataway land. The Piscataway are the caretakers and keepers of the rivers, the tributaries, and the Chesapeake Bay. Much respect to my longtime friend, Chief Billy Redwing Tayak of the Piscataway Indian Nation. 
Uh, on this day, I remember Chief Turkey Tayak. As an elder, I feel that it is important to look back and remember events that in, impacted uh, your life. And it gets me thinking about the spirit and the heart of the warriors whom I have met and worked with over the years. At this time, I would like to share a little bit about my journey. My activism seed was firmly planted at Malcolm X Park in July of 1978. And after talking with some friends back home in Providence, where I was born, Providence, Rhode Island, um, they asked me if I knew about the longest walk. And I had read about it in Akwesasne Notes, a Six Nations publication. So I knew that the Narragansett and Wampanoags would be attending. So I had a lot to think about because my youngest of five children uh, was about 15 months old and the oldest was 12. So I needed somebody to watch everybody because my husband had to work that day. So I got up really early after I found someone to watch my kids, grabbed my backpack, and I walked from Hyattsville, Maryland to take part in the longest walk. And what a powerful and historical day that was. As I stood by the 16th Street entrance, I witnessed the Lakota elders walking towards the opening of the park. And they were carrying the sacred pipe and the medicine bundles. They were focused. It was so spiritual and transforming that it's been etched in my life and my mind since that time. The power of the drum and the songs deeply touched everyone who witnessed this. So after listening to the speakers and walking to Lafayette Park to take action, I knew what I had to do. So I volunteered uh, to work in the Longest Walk office. I met AIM leaders, activists, elders, chiefs, spiritual leaders from all over Turtle Island. And later I met some sisters from Women of All Red Nations who held a conference that I uh, decided to attend. I joined Women of All Red Nations that day. I met the Tayak family, and I found that they were totally immersed in the movement. Tayak territory was a place where people could go, plan, and organize, but it was also a place to regroup, to sweat, and to have ceremony. In 1980, I got involved with the Long Walk for Survival with Leonard Crowdog, and that was also at Malcolm X Park. We gathered, we heard speakers, and we walked to the White House. Later, we met at Howard University, and that's where I met Bob Brown, who powerfully laid out the history of Howard University and talked about why red and black must work together and form alliances. And my late brother in the struggle, Dr. Duwea, uh, he challenged everybody and made us realize the importance of why we can't let the colonial capitalists, pollutionists, politicians, and corporate entities get away with anything. My years of attending Black Liberation Day in Malcolm X Park with my children and seeing Kwame Ture and Wabanini and hearing the drummers was also empowering. So today we reflect and we take note. I've made a list of important years, a timeline, so to speak, that shifted all life on this continent. 
The cries of the ancestors still ring in our ears. The blood that was shed remains deep in the soil. 
Black Workers Center Chorus, and we are wearing our uh, T-shirts today. I'm also going to be joined by Foti Fusion. I'm going to ask Angie Whitehurst to come up to the stage and read the words for all my relations. All my relations, to our elders who teach us our creation and our past so we may preserve Mother Earth for our ancestors yet to come. We are the land. This is dedicated to our relatives before us. Thousands of years ago, to the 150 millions who were exterminated across the Western Hemisphere in the first 400 years, starting in 1492. To those who have kept their homelands and to the nation extinct due to mass slaughter, slavery, deportations, and disease unknown to them. And to the ones who are subjected to the same treatment today. To the ones who survived the relocations and the ones who died along the way. To those that carried on traditions and lived strong among their people. To those that left their communities by force, by choice, and through generations no longer know who they are. To those who search and never find. To those that turn away the so-called non-accepted. To those that bring us together and those living outside, keeping touch the voice of many. To those that make it back to live and fight the struggle of their people. To those that give up and to those that do not care. To those who abuse themselves and others and those who revive again. To those who are physically, mentally, or spiritually incapable by accident or by birth. To those who seek strength in our spirituality and the ways of life and those who exploit it even our own, to those who fall for the lies, join the dividing lines that keep us fighting amongst each other, to the outsiders who step in, good or bad, and those of us who don't know better, to the leaders and prisoners of war, politics, crime, race, and religion, innocent or guilty, to the young, the old, the living, and the dead, to our brothers and sisters, and all living things across Mother Earth and her beauty we've destroyed, and deny the honor that the Creator has given each individual, the truth that lies in our hearts. All my relations.
Thank you. <laughs> Dr. Karen Wilson Ama Achefu. Yasmin Foti. Bayrouz Foti. Angie Whitehurst, our narrator. And I'm Lucy Murphy. All my relations. You are listening to Voices from the Indigenous People's Day program held October 17th, 2020 in Malcolm X Park in Northwest D.C. Up next, after MC Pete Landeros, Ajamu Baraka, National Organizer for Black Alliance for Peace. Let's do a quick reminder of why we're not celebrating Columbus Day. Columbus established slave trade from America to Europe so that the indigenous people were taken to Europe. And the most popular taken were young girls between 8 and 10 for the specific use of sex slaves. That is not honoring our people. Here we go. Next, next caller. Thank you. Thank you very much. It is my honor to be able to join this this day today uh, to bring attention to the ongoing struggles of indigenous people for their fundamental human rights and to free themselves from the ravages of the ongoing colonial project. It is important that we remind ourselves, as many of the speakers have already done, that this invasion that occurred beginning 1492 was one of the most horrific crimes against humanity ever recorded in the annals of human history. And what makes this invasion so horrific is that the consequences of this invasion, the conditions that have been created, the attempts at genocide are ongoing through physical assaults, attempts at cultural erasure, and the violence of not remembering being imposed on everyone. It is the arrogant white supremacist psychopathology that recognized itself as superior, that did not recognize the existence and value of non-white life, uh, that drove and informed the notions of first the doctrine of discovery and then the racist concept of manifest destiny that provided the rationale for the military assaults and conquests across the territory uh, from the East Coast to the West that we now refer to as the United States of America. It's important that we acknowledge also that this assault, which went across the territories that people refer to in a popular way as the so-called Americas, is an assault that continues from Nicaragua to Colombia to uh, parts of Venezuela to the consequences of the wars in El Salvador and Guatemala. This attempt to try to continue to to contain and control the aspirations of the indigenous people of these lands 
continues tomorrow as they attempt to try to impose their will on the people of Bolivia. So we say today uh, from the Black Alliance for Peace that we understand that without justice, there will be no peace, that this colonial uh, capitalist project has to be defeated, not only for the liberation uh, and sovereignty of the indigenous, uh, but for the entire planet. So we stand in fundamental solidarity today and pledge our uh, resistance, uh, pledge our blood uh, in this fight to bring this white supremacist, pan-European, colonial, capitalist patriarchy uh, to a final conclusion. We make that declaration, my friends, not only for ourselves, but also for collective humanity. So today, let us recommit ourselves to this, this fight. Let us remind ourselves that while we are not able to determine the conditions that we are born into as human beings, uh, we can determine how we respond to those conditions. And we say we must fight. We stand in solidarity with our indigenous brothers and sisters uh, and declare that we will fight and we will struggle and we will win. We will build a new world today uh, for ourselves and for those generations coming after us. And we will stand in solidarity. We will struggle and we will win. Thank you so much. Hello, we are members of Foti Fusion. We are a Palestinian Egyptian American musical group, fusion group. Today we are very honored to celebrate Indigenous Peoples Day, the Indigenous people of the Americas by singing traditional Arabic music. Just like the indigenous people of the Americas, indigenous people all over the world have suffered similar injustices by having their land stolen from them. We are part of one global struggle. And I'll just introduce the three members of our group. So my father, Fouad Foti, who is playing the oud and singing. My, uh, my younger sister, uh, Yasmin Foti, who is playing the tabla and will be singing. And I'm Feroz Foti, and I am playing the cello and sang.
Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for your music. And again, people may be asking, why do we have him here on Indigenous Peoples Day? What's happening to their country happened here. Okay, first. What's going on in Israel is wrong. And if people don't like what I just said, oh well. Now, we have, I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher your name really bad. Defy Donna of the Nation Council of Arabic Americans. Good afternoon, brothers and sisters. I'm really, really honored to speak to you on this special day. And I'm equally honored to speak as an indigenous Palestinian, an indigenous Arab. I'm saying this because like all the indigenous peoples of Americas, Australia, and Africa, we Arabs know quite well the significance of this day, the significance of being in the streets, the significance of being visible. Today, we indigenous peoples of the world are more visible than ever. We are visible in the streets of D.C., the streets of Palestine, and our visibility is our. Our very existence strongly defies the settlers' discourse of negation, the white settlers' discourse of exclusion, but we are here. We are visible, and our visibility is power. Today... It's an, is an opportunity to realize how deeply we are connected as indigenous and oppressed people all over the world. From the moment the Europeans embarked on colonizing the rest of the world, our fate, the fate of the indigenous peoples became interconnected. So the European colonization not only oppressed us, but also connected us and made our fate one. So you can be sure that as Native Americans, we Arabs, and particularly we Palestinians, realize the existential challenges you face every day. We realize the problems you have. But you can also be sure that we know your feelings. We know your resistance. And also we realize and know and feel your hopes because we have the same feelings, the same hopes, and the same challenges. We also believe that the Palestinian people's resistance to Israeli colonialism is a proof of our understanding of your problems and your challenges in this continent, in North America, South America, and also in Australia and Africa, and everywhere there is an indigenous people and there is 
and oppressed people. Of course, the inverse is also true. We know that all your achievements, all your struggle, are also real and great contributions to the struggle of the people of Palestine and the struggle of the Arab people and to the struggle of natives everywhere. From the moment the Europeans embarked on colonizing the rest of the world, the fate of us, our fate, the fate of all the indigenous and oppressed people, as I said, became interconnected. From the moment, from that moment, the indigenous people in North America, in South America, in the Arab homeland, in Africa, did not lose their freedom only. And they did not lose their, even their life. Equally important, and this is really the significance of this day, we lost our voice and we lost our ability to tell the story, our story and the story and the suffer of the suffering of our people and oppression of our ancestors. So to us, to me, and to Palestinians and Arabs everywhere, the Indigenous Peoples Day is about truth. Today is about the Indigenous Peoples' truth, not the white settlers' false truth. To us, it's about having a voice, the voice of the oppressed that tells our story, despite and in spite the loud voice and the loud and powerful voice of the oppressor. That's why our visibility today, as I said, is important. Our visibility in the streets, in the parks, in the media is power. For we know that the truth is thoroughly imbued with relations of power. And to be visible is to be powerful and to receive recognition of our story. And it is time for the world to learn the indigenous truth and to know about the suffering and the oppression of the indigenous people everywhere. In Palestine and all over the Arab homeland, we, call, we came to know this fact very well. Every day for us is an indigenous people's day. Every day for us is a day of struggle because to our oppressors, every day is also a Columbus day. In Palestine, we call our Indigenous Peoples Day the Nakba Day. We commemorate that day on May 15 of every year. Because on that day, in 1948, European settlers colonized and stole our homeland. They uprooted our people and forcefully expelled hundreds of thousands of them into exile. Now they number about 8 million people in exile and established a a settler colonial state on a soil that is full with the corpses and bones of our ancestors. Our homeland was stolen and we were denied even the right to live. We were denied the right to exist. And on top of all that, we were demonized as the aggressors. But on that day, our fate became intertwined with the fate of every native and every oppressed people on this planet. Our fate became interconnected with all the victims of colonialism and imperialism. And like the indigenous people of North America and South America, Australia and Africa, 
unlike the oppressed people all over the world, we know that reclaiming our right to live, denied by settler, settler colonialism and Western imperialism, reclaiming our right to our land, stolen and conquered by marauding settlers, begins here, begins with reclaiming the truth and reclaiming the, the voice and telling our story. And similar to the false settler truth of Columbus Day, colonial Zionism's discourse silenced by power, silenced every non-Zionist history in Palestine and claimed the history of Palestine as the history of Zionism in Palestine only. And while the soil of our homeland is full with corpses and bones of our ancestors, we are denied the free, we are not only denied the freedom to be, we are denied the right to live there. We are even denied the right to tell our story, the story of the suffering and oppression of our people from ethnic cleansing and expulsion to massacres and land theft. Today is a chance to tell our story and remind the world that we are here. But the Indigenous People's Day of 2020 is really particularly significant. We meet in D.C. in Malcolm X's Park as our black brothers and sisters in the African-American community and in the Black Lives Matter movement fight their struggle for justice and teach the world and teach us really too. Yes, again, that the struggle of indigenous and oppressed peoples all over the world is the driving force of progress for all humanity. It teaches the world that the struggle of the oppressed and indigenous peoples is undoubtedly the essential characteristic of contemporary history. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters and comrades, to give it more political meaning, our struggle as an indigenous and oppressed People everywhere is one. But our task isn't only to liberate our peoples and, the, and end their oppression and suffering. The task the indigenous peoples carry on their shoulders is also to liberate the oppressors themselves as well and reclaim their humanity, a humanity they lost as they impart on colonizing the rest of the world and oppressing their fellow man. It is an enormously a difficult undertaking, but the future of, of humanity depends on it. The future of humanity depends on us, the indigenous and the oppressed people of the world. The future of the world, the freedom of the world, depends on our struggle. But I'm very optimistic. After 500 years, despite all the oppression, despite all the suffering, after 500 years of European colonialism and Western imperialism, the indigenous and oppressed peoples are still here fighting. And the indigenous day, the indigenous people's day today is a proof of that. 500 years of oppression and the indigenous people are more visible than ever. That's why I'm optimistic. 500 years and even more probably, but particularly from the revolution in San Domingo and Haiti in 1790, to Jerusalem today and D.C. today, the struggle continues. We never, we never lost hope. We will never lose hope. We should not lose hope. 
because not only our fate depends on it, not the fate of our children and grandchildren in the future, but the fate of humanity. Thank you very much. And again, greetings from all the Palestinians and Arab people to the indigenous people everywhere, but particularly the indigenous people of North America. Thank you very much and carry on. Thank you. Thank you for speaking, sir. Let that sink in for a little while. You are listening to voices from the Indigenous Peoples Day program held October 17, 2020 in Malcolm X Park in Northwest D.C. This is On the Ground on Pacifica Radio. Now, back to the program. Now I'm going to bring up Saman, a women of peace and justice in Iran. Good afternoon. Sisters and brothers in a struggle. We are here today honoring the indigenous peoples of this land. Last week, the state of Virginia joined DC proclaiming this day, the indigenous peoples day. This is another symbolic victory for the people. However, we know that this is not a day of celebration and it's not a day of lamentations of the oppression of the indigenous peoples by the European colonialists of the past and today's imperialism of the world headed by U.S. government especially the U.S. ruling class. Today should be a new beginning in uniting all the oppressed people of this land, the indigenous peoples, the African-Americans, all people of color, and the poor and working people of all colors and ethnicities. In this land, however, the indigenous peoples are the ones who have struggled the longest and have been subjected to some of the harshest oppression by the original white settlers in this land, the injustice, political, social, cultural, that still goes on today. The settlers came with their ships and their guns. They brought blankets that were intentionally soaked in a smallpox virus. They plundered and massacred and brought mayhem to a mostly peaceful people who honored this earth. They came with their colonialist ideology, the practice of extreme exploitation of the land and the people. Andrew Jackson sent the Cherokees on the trail of tears. And today we deserve 
the symbolic victory of wiping off his picture from the printed money and bringing down all of his statues. What we are really in need of in these perilous times of the rise of white supremacy and fascist ideology is to study the history of the revolutionary resistance, the organizations and the movement of the indigenous peoples of this land. We have to learn from the lessons of the victories and correct the mistakes. And we need to build a strong discipline, organization based on revolutionary principles. This is the work of the young people of today. But it is important for the young people of today to throw off the yoke of individualism and the ideology of private property. While the ruling class promotes individualism and opposition to all forms of organizations of the oppressed people, from the unions to socialist and revolutionary parties, the ruling class themselves are organized in corporations, in their foundations, with billions of dollars for propaganda. They're organized in their military, in their prisons, their security organizations, and their global financial organizations. The global ruling class has used their organizations in occupying the world, enslaving the workers, bringing misery and poverty to the people. They take away, usurp all the land and the water, and they bring total devastation to this earth. Nothing is more important in the struggle against the ruling class than the unity of the oppressed in disciplined organizations based on revolutionary principles ready for the long march to protect humanity and this beautiful earth from the ravages of global capitalism and imperialism. Long live the solidarity of the oppressed people of this world. Thank you. In the indigenous community, one of the biggest fights that we have is land and water rights on how we no longer have rights to fish in our own rivers because of the federal government said, oh, no, we changed our mind. The federal government has honored none of the treaties that they have come to us with as indigenous people. And they're still breaking those treaties today. Okay, just a couple months ago, 
up in upstate New York, you had, you know, sovereign rights taken away from a whole nation of people because the federal government wants the land. So there's always a fight in the community. We, um, water rights, the whole thing with, um, you know, poisoning our water and taking our land rights away from us. It's it's just wrong. They don't never honor anything they've said to us. We have other issues in our community where we have the highest suicide rate of our young people because they don't have anything to look forward to. I have representatives here, women of the Native American community. Mary Phillips is going to speak along with others here about the murdered and missing women. Thank you all for being here. This is such a beautiful day for such a good reason. We missed out on Monday. The beautiful rain came, gave us some growing power, and now we're out here in the sun enjoying this day. And I just want to thank the organizers for bringing us together, for bringing this issue again to D.C. We need to have it every single year in the same way, in a big way, because we are here. We are still here. All of us Native women, all of us Native men and, and families. So, aho kage, wibnaha. I just want to mention a few things today about this topic that I don't think it's enough, enough information shared. And people across the country are not aware of the current situation. And that is the missing, murdered, and indigenous women of the United States and Canada. And it's such an important topic. If you think about your mother, your grandmother, your sister, your aunties, we are being stolen. We are being taken from our families. If for any other reason to say that you got a good Indian woman killed. So I just want to share a little bit, which is that as an indigenous woman or Native American woman, and I grew up outside the res, but a lot of women on my reservation back home in Macy, Nebraska, it, our women have been hurt. Our women are impacted by this every day. Every time we hear about a woman being beaten, being violently assaulted. It's a terrible day to talk about this, but we need to talk about this. And I think if we can share this message, share this information, we can end the violence. We can get our stolen sisters back. We, everybody will know who to call, where to call. So just a, a, a couple of facts on that is that one in three Native American women are violently assaulted, raped, or murdered. One in three. So if you look around, our Native women, who are out there today? Raise your hands. Native women, there we are. So sadly, one of us out of this three, we will be murdered, raped, or violently assaulted. So with that statistic alone, you would think that would create such an impassioned change for policy. That didn't happen until this year that there was a, a national strategic task force created 
to help find Native women and protect Native women. So if you also think about that 97% of Native women, the assaults that are being put on them are done by non-Indigenous men. So non-Native men are doing this to our women on our reservations without consequence. They can't do anything to these people who are doing this harm to our Native women. So we have to find a way to protect and take care of our women, our young ladies who are out there fighting for their lives. And the one last thing I want to pass on is that I'm wearing a red dress today and many Native women wear our beautiful red skirts to honor our missing, murdered Indigenous women and to keep them on our minds because they are not lost from our minds and hearts. They are still with us and we will not stop until they are found. Everybody, please say with me, we will not stop until they are found. Thank you. Until they are found. Thank you, thank you. My name is Sheila Hansen, and I live not too far from here in Virginia. I have a first-hand experience with missing and murdered indigenous women. A few years ago, my brother, my friend, Dennis Banks, was staying at our house in Virginia with his daughter, Darla, and Darla's son. One morning, Darla came down. It was she and I that would get up early. We would burn sage, say our prayers, make the coffee, and get ready for the day. And she said, I haven't heard from Rose. She said, it's, it, it's not like her. I haven't heard from her. It's been three days, and I can't get her. So immediately, I got a legal pad, and we started writing down the people she contacted and, and who uh, had said they had seen her and what was going on. Well, the police wouldn't touch the case because they said you had to be missing for longer than three days. I don't know. Uh, this is Minnesota, so I'm not sure what that was about. Well, we put Darla and her son back on the plane. We realized there was a really, really big problem. It took about a month and a half, and two months later, Rose's body was found in the woods outside of, in Minnesota, Leech Lake. She had been strangled. Her body had been set on fire. So, sadly, we gathered ourselves up, took off for Minnesota and for her ceremony. It's the toughest thing I had to ever sit through for four days. We sat there and remembered Rose. And then it came to me that one of the things, all the people who had spoken, Anishinaabe, Ojibwe people, that they hadn't mentioned one important thing, and that was forgiveness. Well, how could we ever forgive the man that did that? We couldn't. But we could forgive within ourselves. 
so that we could have peace and go on. It's a very big problem. So when somebody says to you, I haven't heard from my sister, my daughter, my mother, take it seriously. Don't wait for things to happen from the forces to be, but take it in your own hands and start searching. How is this going to stop? It'll stop when human beings become true human beings and respect women and one another. Hope. Well, that will end our presentation from the Indigenous Peoples Day program held on the rain date of October 17, 2020 in Malcolm X Park in Northwest D.C., organized by the All-African People's Revolutionary Party, GC, along with several Native American and other Indigenous Peoples organizations from around the globe. I think the only speakers not properly identified in the program are Jafar Jafari speaking for the National Council of Arab Americans and Samin Royanian of Women for Peace and Justice in Iran. This is On the Ground, onthegroundshow.org, Voices of Resistance from the nation's capital. At onthegroundshow.org, you can check out all of our current and past shows, contact us, support us. You can also let us know you like the show on Facebook, Twitter, or on patreon.com at onthegroundshow. Our new podcast is On the Ground Show with Esther Ivarum, and that's on all your podcast platforms. And that's On the Ground W. Esther Ivarum. And if you check out the podcast, I would appreciate your nice rating. Our new podcast, our social media pages and website all have a protest sign with green lettering that says On the Ground. And our theme music is Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. I'm Esther Ivarum. Until next time, take good care and keep raising your voice. Peace. This is Esther Ivarum, producer and host of On the Ground, thanking you for listening and for being a part of our audience. And I'm asking you to please partner with us in keeping alive this independent grassroots news program from Washington, D.C. Your fully tax-deductible donation of as little as $3 a month will help us keep lifting up voices of activism and resistance to corporate power and corporate media. So please go to our page at patreon.com forward slash on the ground show that's patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash on the ground show where we post the shows and bonus material or you can see all the ways to support including end of the year giving and paypal on our website which you know is on the ground show dot org thank you